And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Nerder She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo DeKeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Partnow. To the Athletic NBA Show. It's Friday. I'm Dave Dufour, and that means it's Nerder. She wrote, joining me as they do each and every week, Mo DeKeel. What's up, Mo? What's up, Dave? And Seth Partnow, live from Sloan in Boston. How's it going? Uh, hi, Dave. Although you? you're you're in the hotel, I should note this is not yes. a man on the on the ground. That's tomorrow. We're gonna have him out there doing stuff for Instagram. Uh, we actually have a guest, which we never do, but from the Portland Trailblazers, the on-air analytics insider, Corey Jez. He's actually here to talk more about golf analytics, right? We can talk golf. We can talk slum. We can talk hoops. We can, can talk Can you help games, me with my sword, seven. Corey? Wait a minute. Can you help me? Let's derail the show already. <laughs> so you actually, yeah, well, you have your own golf analytics service i'm assuming and you have also you were the previously the head of analytics for the jazz and austin fc so this is like a pan sports panel but it's only one guy i'm yeah i'm working on yeah i'm working on next year at sloan having a panel where i just like jump from seat to seat and totally you know i can just take over and talk by myself for like 90 minutes i'm sure that would be very well attended so that's well, the goal. only if you go different outfits each seat that's that, that's yeah it's part of the shtick yeah it's part of the spiel it's yeah, part yeah. magic show part sports analytics yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly a little, little bit quick change i'm just wondering when you and seth are going to start the hockey product that that's what i'm waiting on is like when do i get some hockey analytics from you guys all, all the good ones work for the seattle kraken already so all the, all the good folks who, who do that stuff yeah. uh friends of the program namita and danny and, and alex and company are all all snatched up by one team our kraken well, this was fortuitous timing for us. Um, we we had planned to do this. I was actually going to come out to Sloan, and and that that plan got changed. But we planned to have you on for a few weeks now. And Damian Lillard did us a favor and scored seventy one points in ridiculous fashion the other day. And you know, I'm watching the broadcast, and you keep popping on. You know, they, they're bringing out the numbers guy. Hey, explain this to us. Tell us how amazing this is. And this has been basically your job this season. Tell us how amazing Damian Lillard is, if you don't mind. Can you do that in under thirty minutes? I I can I can try to do that. I I don't know that anybody just through words can do Damian Lillard justice this season. In in all honesty, and, and the seventy one point game was was incredible. It was forty one in the first half as well. It was eight threes. Um, just off the top of my head. There was it was the fifth half this season when somebody had made eight threes and he's the owner of three of those halves um, as well. So even at halftime, we were we were kind of um, scrambling the fighter jets because we we knew stuff was was about to go down uh, and and we had to be ready. But it's the season as a whole, and, and 
in the following game in the pregame show and in my first hit in game with Kevin and Lamar, I, I did try to zoom out a little bit because Dame season numbers wise, that's my job. So we'll, we'll talk about that part for a little bit. You, we can overlay team context and usage and all this other stuff and all these other things around the league and two way stuff and guys, but it's, you know, it's by any measure, one of the best point guard seasons in the modern game. It is, you know, we we argue step 2018 um, per Taylor Snars, dunks and threes um, EPM, which is one of the really good publicly available all in one advanced metrics. It's the second best point guard. It's the second best offensive season period. Um, When you, when you combine dames um, and this is from cleaning the glass, another great publicly available resource for folks uh, points per shot, which is efficiency. Uh, How, you know, how good are you on a per shot basis? usage so how much of the load are you carrying and assist rate so creation for others when you take his uh, marks across those three metrics and look for players who've met all three of those marks there are no players back to i believe 98 or however far back ben's play-by-play database goes so we can cut that up any way we want and the the blazers are kind of mired in the muck of the western conference standings right now they're two games out of sixth and two games out of 14th or, or whatever it feels like on a night to night basis. And and those, those that, you know, everyone's going to be standings watching over the next four or five weeks or so as we, as we come down the stretch. And so it's, it's been buried in the narrative and he won't be an MVP, you know, Vegas favorite or anything because of, um, you know, the, the Blazers not being a team, you know, like Denver, like Milwaukee, like Philadelphia, but it's just been to the point where he had 40 last night um, in a loss and you kind of are like, Oh wow. He had 40. Yeah. In a loss. yeah we yeah. we didn't even yeah. talk about it. We literally no. didn't even talk about it. Yeah. I mean, Brand, I don't know if Brandon Wade... Ingram had Brandon Ingram had 40 and it was like, Brandon Ingram had 40 and Dame at 40. They're like, yeah, Dame at 40. Yeah. So big deal. I mean, well, when they played the other night coming off the 71, I, I'm working the ding with Mo and I'm like, Hey, we got to pay attention to the Blazers game just in case Dame goes for like 50. Because it's a it's it's a big deal if he follows up seventy one with fifty. It's the blessing and the curse. It's the right. blessing and the curse at this point. You're so damn good at this point. You score forty. It's like, eh, we've seen Dame score forty at this point, you know, and that's why he has to score seventy one to get our attention, you know. And at this point, right now, if it's don't call me if it's not fifty or higher at this point, like with Dame, I think that's kind of the the unfortunate thing. But I think the the more impressive thing that that you got into Corey is just the the length of time he's been able to keep this up, you know, I think is really what's so impressive about it and, and maintain all of that. Yeah. You know, th- this season, especially, and obviously his body of work as a whole, his first ballot hall of fame, all of the course of his career, he's all the things. Right. And it, it really was getting that abdominal surgery last season, taking this essentially the second half of the season off. Obviously I was not on the broadcast broadcast crew last season. So uh, didn't have to live through some of those games night in, night out. But his, we saw it early on in the season. His step was back. His his burst was back. You know, his ability to finish through traffic was back in, in ways that felt like he was 26, 27 years old again. He's 32. And so I think, you know, he's made it very clear the level that he's going to play at. And and, and Joe Cronin's made it very clear his intentions, you know, what, what they wanted to accomplish in the trade down line and what they plan on trying to accomplish this summer around him because he's ready to take that organization next step. And he wants to, and he's obviously the guy to. And so it's, it's very interesting 
you know, we're sitting here on March 2nd, four months to July 2nd. So, you know, very interesting uh, 120 days coming up in the Pacific Northwest from a basketball standpoint. Yeah. And his free throw numbers are actually up this year, which is one of the big indicators to me that he's healthy. And he's actually attacking the basket. I, I don't have his drive numbers right in front of me, but just looking at his raw stats, his, his averages, and he's up to, you know, he's in the elite territory there and you can see it and but in that game where he scores 71 it's only 14 free throws which it, it feels oh unheard of yeah well but in the in today's game uh, you know if a guy puts up 55 points you expect him to take 20 free throws i mean you know there's yeah, you there's a lot of players one. propping up a 20 plus point a game average on double digit free throws every night so you know dame i don't consider him a grifter in, in that sense he, he, he's not a grifter in that sense. He operates on the outside. You know, he's not he's not SGA where that's the only way he's going to score is by getting into your body and stuff like that. And um, Dave, to your point, his shooting fouls drawn rate is 14.2%. That's the highest. It's only 83rd percentile among point guards. So to your point, it's he's not SGA. He's not. That's not the only way he's creating opportunities, but it's the highest of his career by at least two percentage points. So he's doing it at a higher rate than he's ever done it, but it's still not the only way he's obviously generating offense. So earlier Mo, I mean, Mo flippantly kind of said, don't, don't talk to me unless it's 50. And I, I, I kind of wanted to ask you about how to put this, this kind of season. I mean, it is, it is almost boring for Dame to score 40. And in part we're, we're past the record of, most 40 point games ever in an NBA season. We're going to, we're going to end up smashing the record. We're probably, we might even end up, uh, you know, 40 or 50% higher than the, 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 the previous mark, um, which was, was set in one of those crazy wilt seasons w- way back in the day. Um, so how do you, on one level, this has probably been a year long kind of thing, contextualize some of these performances we're, we're seeing, um, you know, numbers that in 10 years ago, it's like 30. Yeah. And it's just a different thing now. How do you talk about that in a way that that makes sense to people while at the same time celebrating the the cool thing that, that is happening in front of them? Yeah. And a lot of the raw, the raw stats, the raw numbers, you know, when he went for 71, we're comparing him to guys like George Gervin and and you know, games that Kobe had and stuff that is, you know, early modern or pre-modern NBA. And, you know, it, I think that's important because it contextualizes it in the grand scope of the history of ball, basically. But then, to your point, Seth, you know, there's lots of guys having years like this. You know, the thing that's going to be really interesting to me is, um, does does he end up first first team All NBA? You know, in the guard slot. And Steph Steph's been a little more injured. You know, Luca's Luca. Um, Dallas is going to you know see where they shake out in the standings, right? And so that contextualization is almost as interesting as the historical one because. There's probably a lot more kind of arguments to have, uh, you know, around that, you know, given what the team has done, given the team, you know, made some moves kind of on on the margins at the trade deadline and, you know, is still in the hunt, you know, Vegas odds, probably not, but, but still has a chance to even skip the, the play and rip off three or four. They need to get healthy, obviously, to do that. If they do that, has that conversation change, you know, and that, that context is so interesting because those other guys getting healthy obviously has nothing to do with Dame's performance. But we we had Anthony Simons back for two and a half quarters last night, and the, it it operates so so differently without him. So I think that conversation, Seth, of you know 
given that the the floor, the tide has risen so much, especially from an individual scoring perspective this year. And how does it, you know, compare to what healthy Steph Curry does, what Luka Doncic does, because those are, you know, everyone's doing a little differently in a little different context, but in the same historical context as right now. So he's got the most efficient 70 plus point game. Got the most efficient 60 plus point game. Is Dame a guy that could score 80? And I know, like, saying that after he just did 71, where it's like, all right, he missed a couple shots. But 80 is a different thing, right? Like, is he a guy? I thought he might do it the other night. I mean, he was he just looked so gassed at the end of it. But is he a guy who could, in the flow of a game, just drop 80 and you'd be like, yeah, that's the dude that can do it? He had a game, and I don't remember who the opponent was, but he had, like, 11 threes. And I think it was before his fourth quarter stint had started. So he'll normally come back with like eight, nine, like a typical starter does with eight, nine, 10, depending on the game left in the fourth. And he had like something like 10 or 11 threes at that point. Um, And everyone was like, I almost want, and they were blowing out whoever they were playing um, to the good. And everyone's kind of like, I want this game to stay close. I want Dame to come do a full nine minute run because I want him to get 13 or 14. Right. I want him to catch clay, beat clay. And you, you overlay the game context of how those two guys create their threes and no disrespect to clay, but the, you know, Dame is doing it in a very different way. And so, uh, and he didn't, he didn't get the, you know, he didn't break the record. He didn't go for the record. He made it play two or three minutes out of his stint. And then he sat him zero at 25, with a, you know, a couple minutes to go in the game. And, and he said afterwards, and it's kind of been, you know, organizationally, everybody knows it is like, he's not thirsty for that stuff. So if he gets 80, which can he, I mean, if you can get yeah, 70, he's, you can get yeah, 80. He can, you know, you can get it. Yeah, he can get it, 80. He can get 80. But it's going to happen in the context and the flow of it. It's not going to be just, hey, guys, shut it down. I'm taking 60 field goals. That That's just not in his DNA as far as I can tell. I, I can respect that. I can respect that. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You guys are are in Boston for the the Sloan Analytics Conference, which, you know, we all know and, and we've expected it to sort of lead this great conversation every year around this time around sports analytics and Everyone becoming more, I don't know, analytic literate, I, I think would be maybe what we're looking for out of this. Um, I don't really care about that because I am literate of, of analytics. I want to know what is the new thing this year that everyone is there buzzing about? Like, what is the thing that you guys are going to be like, oh, that's very cool. We're going to start using this tomorrow. Uh, whatever it is, it's not going to be something that's talked about on stage. Perfect. That's that. I mean, that's we we are. 
Um, I, I think that's a very big contrast to kind of the early years. Of, so this is my this is my ninth year at Slo uh, coming to, coming to Sloan, and just over that time time frame, um, the degree of in in some sports you still see in sports that are a little bit younger in sort of the the, the analytics journey, if you will. There's still uh, substance talked about. I think it's been a few, fair few years um, because the cool stuff is. You know, this, the, there's there's people doing good work with public data. The real groundbreaking stuff tends to be behind closed doors, and it's you know thirty different teams working the same way on the same problems, and you can maybe nod and wink about things that are happening, but you might not actually hear about it. You know, bubbling to the surface in a public setting, maybe over a beer at the hotel bar. Not that anyone would be there, um, except for all of us. <laughs> um, but that's a different that's different than on stage. Yeah, the, the the conference is still very kind of seminal in getting this community of people together um, in a way that you know they don't otherwise have an opportunity to. Whereas you know GMs have summer league in the combine, and you know NFL GMs are all just in Indianapolis at their thing. I mean, this is the version of that for this cohort of people, and you know it's gone from being a folks that you know you could fit in a group text to uh you know seth seth's seth's dinners become you know invite only vip only at this at these events but the most interesting and the most kind of groundbreaking stuff dave tends to be in the least sexy part of the conference at least historically which is sometimes it's in the papers you know there's a, there's an academic paper submission for folks who want to go really into the weeds. They're all posted on Twitter. You can find them all Sloan. There's a paper competition every year. I mean, you go back to the kind of one of the original expected possession value, the Chervoni born paper set like 2012, maybe, or something in, in, in early 20 knots. And, you know, that it was on grant land back in the day. And, you know, it broke down how to, how to measure every action. And that's something that teams frameworks that teams use now, but even teams aren't, perfect at it. And that was 10 years ago, 11 years ago, that paper came out. So there's, there's a role to these types of things. Um, I think one of the big conversations, um, something that Tom Habistro had a, you know, a podcast about a little while ago on basketball Illuminati will be the introduction or the beginning of the introduction to uh, limb tracking and, and spatial tracking data in the NBA next year that will have more than the center of mass. Um, the NBA wanting to do VAR-like things with goaltending out of bounds, as well as the biomechanics related to that, you know, quickly juxtapose basketball with baseball, two very skill-oriented sports, although different context. Baseball is light years ahead from a biomechanics standpoint, understanding things like that. Uh, basketball hasn't even touched the tip of the iceberg yet, and there's lots to do there from a skill development standpoint as well. So that's coming down the pike. Teams are trying to get ready for it right now. I know everything you said, Corey, I understand every word of it, but some in our audience may not have. And so let's start with the, what's the, or, or Seth, I, I just, I talk to Seth all the time. Um, what's the, 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 this limb technology that you're talking about? Like, what would that track, like what data set am I going to get in that sense of like, what am I going to be able to use and, 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 and talk about? going forward when, when this comes out and again i understand this the, the the listeners may not 
So when when we talk about tracking data, it's usually it's essentially turns players into moving dots. And that's been the way it's done. It's been center mass of a player, um, knowing where that's moving around. And then from that, you can uh, do some do some programming and, and figure out kind of neat stuff like this is a pick and roll that was covered this way. And the outcome was, was some other thing. Uh, the next iteration is it's I mean, it, it, it's it's called in a lot of different things. Essentially, it's called pose tracking probably the most common. And this is something that in the past, if you've seen someone do like the mocap suit for like 2K or something like that, where they you know put the ping pong balls on and, and you get the motions that way, the technology has gotten to the point where people are doing now markerless pose tracking. And the NBA is, is changing their tracking provider next year. Um, Hawkeye, who is the, the company that's done, for, uh, for example, probably best known for doing kind of the 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 um, the line calls in tennis, which I mean, is, is is a possibly the best implementation of instant replay in all sports, is the visualization that shows like a like a, the tennis shot and where it lands and if it's in or out, and even the, the zoom in as the crowd goes ooh, like even makes that entertaining. Um, so that they are uh, you know again cameras in the arenas from multiple directions that are going to be ca capturing not just the one dot. But and Corey, I, I, I forget how many points on the player. It's it's it, I, it, no, it's 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 in the in the double digits somewhere of like you know wrists, feet, shoulders to be able to get kind of a skeletal pose of a player. Um, and um, while that is providing a lot more information, just adding you know multiplying the amount of data and the interaction between the different points that make up kind of what a physical movement is. Um, the level of complexity of the data that's being worked with is, is just going to increase in one year. It's going to increase exponentially. But this is also, I'm assuming, the back end of the augmented reality crap that they showed in the NBA app that can't even really stream games. You know, I don't want to sit here and just hammer that app, but it, I'm assuming <laughs> that that tracking is is for that gimmick, or at least that's how they're gonna they're gonna package that as part of it. But um, so the technology, like they, it's already at least testing right now, like for this season, they've been testing it. I'm assuming they haven't been using well, it. At all. Well, and neither Seth or I are behind closed doors or in these meetings as much as we used to be. So, you know, we, we probably Fair. can't speak to, to all those details, but the Hawkeye stuff, if you look under the bed covers a little bit, Hawkeye's owned by Sony. Sony's obviously big into streaming augmented reality. There's a commercial play there. Of yeah. course, what exactly that ends up being, who knows, but. But to kind of answer Mo's original question, to bring it back to basketball a little bit, because the the tracking data that's out there today, it's a big part of what I'm doing with the Blazers. It's a big part of it, folks go on NBA.com. It's how you're getting like contested versus uncontested threes, right? Or catch and shoot versus off the dribble threes. Kind of basic stuff that are one more level down from your box score three point, but it adds a lot of context. We just said Dame versus Clay, right? Like the, 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 that's how you can know that type of data for every player in the league. This is going to, like Seth said, it's going to increase the data, you know, 15 or some odd fold, um, which, by the way, you already had about 3 million data points in a game because you had 25 times a second coordinate of every player in the ball, 48 minutes, you know, play that out. It's like 3 million some odd. But now we're going to be able to do things that are very basket that a scout, a general manager wants to know. And this is going to take time to get adopted. Obviously, it's not all going to come, you know, light switch day one. That's why the teams who are investing in data engineering and software engineering are going to be the ones that are ready to take this on and take it in 
quicker. And that's something that nobody in analytics ever talks about. It gets the systems of it get overlooked, but uh, you know, Mo, a, a really good basketball scouting context thing might be, how's he jumping off a of one foot versus two, right? We always talked about that in the draft, especially, you know, pro right. scouting as well. Guys who have to jump off two feet, take longer to collect. It allows, it allows a, that defender to slide over, to come over and help the low man in a pick and roll or whatever. But a guy like, Going back, we scouted, you know, we were scouting Donovan Mitchell back Donovan in Utah Mitchell, when I was foot. there. Right, two foot, and can they get off of one foot? And, and you got medical teams who are looking at that when the guys come in for right. draft workouts. Now imagine you had a data set that for every player in the NBA, for every shot they took within six feet or eight feet of the hoop, you could know whether or not they jumped off of one of one or two feet and their right or left foot. And think of all the other scouting things you can ask and answer because you have that information right now, that's an intern going and watching 400 Donovan Mitchell, you know, Louisville shots. And this data wouldn't exist in college right away either. But, and even though the intern can watch 400 shots, the intern can't put that data into context because you can't watch every shot in the league to know, wow, he did that 200 out of 400 times. Is that a lot or a little? You you can't know that. Right. And that's where this scale of data and this comes in, it's just, it's just continued continuing to advance. There's so many different applications, but I think it's important to bring it back to the hoops a little bit as well. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's a problem because now all I heard is you're taking jobs away from video interns. Oh, um, wait, they're no, making just, new just kidding. analytics just jobs kidding. is what I think he's secretly saying <laughs> there is that there's going to be so much more data now. They need people... 
who know the sport to comb through it. I, I'm guessing. But that's, is, but that's, maybe I'm that's the important thing to, to piggyback actually off Dave's you know point there, though. At a certain point, are we getting to just too much data? Like, there's only so much. I know these coaches and even the new ones coming up. There's only so much they're going to be able to comprehend, analyze, and use in the moment, in the 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 game itself and actions of it and, and what they're doing. Like how, at what point are we crossing the threshold of like, yo, we paralysis by analysis. Like we have just too much. I think that's the challenge for people more in our, our area of the shot. I mean, we're talking about the data that goes into this thing. The insight that we're actually talking about is, okay, Norm Powell Euro steps like every time. Now that's something you, you can go into the data and, and find it. Like I, I, I don't actually know what night, what, but, but he Euro steps about as much as any player in the NBA. Um, that's something you could pick up quickly from data. As a coach, you kind of know what that means. And in the pregame scouting report, hey, if he's coming down on the fast break, he's going to right left Euro. And that and, and that becomes an actual basketball thing. So the challenge is uh, is taking this you know bigger set, this, this vastly more amount of data and distilling it into those kind of insights and normalizing those kind of insights as part of just sort of the regular vernacular. Um, and, and yeah, at a certain point, you, you know, it, it, the, the tracking data was hard enough to explain on a, a base level. You have to get to a certain point of trust where, you know, hey, yes, I, he Euro steps more than 99% of the players in the league and a coach doesn't say, how do you know that? How does it work? They say, okay, I buy that. Because it's a little bit different. Thanks. It's a little bit different than the advanced scout saying that right like where okay i watched him you know three four five times and he did it a lot whereas you can say okay compared to everyone else in the league he's twice as likely on a drive to euro step so watch out for that that makes a lot of sense but now again uh, i'm you know thinking about the the human part of this like does the advanced scout like is this something that they're going to be able to use i mean is this something that you see being applicable across the board for you know, teams, not just, you know, the analytics guys, but can the coaching staff maybe see this stuff in game, even on the iPads or whatever, like in game relayed yeah. feedback? I don't know. So this is where it gets really interesting and you get into how the sausage is made and how the competitive advantages kind of come out because everybody's got access to the same stuff. Um, it's, it's very democratic from that standpoint. There is Unless you, I don't even know if you would be allowed to like put your own cameras in only your arena, but if you did that, you wouldn't get the context of the rest of the teams anyway. So everybody's got the same stuff. Analytics, which is a catch-all term that, you know, the four of us understand means a lot more, you know, the integration of new information into and how you bake it into your decision-making engine whether that's coaching, whether that's scouting, whether that's player development, whether that's medical, blah, every facet of an organization. Like, analytics to me is now the application of technology to every facet of your organization. So it's an advanced scout. If we know that about Eurosteps, about yeah, everybody knows it about Norm Powell, but maybe, oh, wow, player X, who's a rotation player for this team, does it every time. But because he's a rotation player, he doesn't stick in our head like Norm Powell does. The advanced scout... We, we know that the advanced scout should know that going into the game because he's maybe got his pregame advanced scout report. So he knows what to key in, key in on and look for when he, before he even gets to the arena, because he shows up for Portland, Utah, and 
and the scouting reports already there on, oh, what has Matisse Thibel done since he's been in Portland? And, and oh, wow, Matisse is making more threes since he's been with the Blazers. Small sample, but, okay, I'm going to key in and watch it and say, oh, is it something about getting seat, feet set? Is it something about the actions they're running? Like, you, you, you've really shrunk the haystack for that advanced scout or player personnel person or whatever the context is to look for that needle. And, and that, all the work to make all that stuff I just described happen is – I wouldn't say it's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery, but it takes really dedicated focus, multi years of effort, both from a technology standpoint and an organizational standpoint. And I want to tie that back to like your first question about Sloan, which is what's the new hotness. Uh, the stuff that is really important is this sort of blocking and tackling, which is terrible kind of it's, it's bad radio. It's terrible panels to say, well, our, you know, our data engineering stack is blah, blah, blah. But that's really where the teams that are gaining advantages, especially as this becomes, um, the, 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 this become moves from kind of media medium data to legitimately big data with with the pose data. The, the teams that are actually like almost spinning off a mini technology division, and that's you know that's no no nobody really wants to hear about that. But that's where the competitive advantage is in terms of creating these things in a timely fashion, so that the people can learn the basketball thing that lets them make the basketball decision. Yeah. I mean, but they're all, they'll, we'll get a primer, a walkthrough on television. Again, a, the NBA using the augmented reality thing in the app, it's going to be a huge, they're going to sell this to us at every opportunity. I'm, I'm sure that uh, one of the TV networks will do a whole walkthrough about all the cool stuff that you can do with the new, the new cameras. Uh, to me, I just want a guy sitting there with some binoculars seeing like, you know, one quarter of the court, you know, it's better for me. So, um, all right. Well, I'm going to let you guys get out of here because it's late on the East Coast. I know you guys got a dinner to get to, uh, not to mention a long weekend in Boston. But, Corey, thanks for coming to hang out with us. Uh, we always like to, you know, put our finger on the pulse of the analytics community and try to guess what's next. Um, I don't I can't say I'm in love with it. I'm not in love with the cameras. I'm not in love with the cameras. I want to go old school. I want to get rid of all the all the camera tracking data and all that stuff. Do it on we'll, paper. We'll, we'll, we'll stick an iPhone at the top of the bleachers for you, Dave. You can watch the game that way. Perfect. Oh, That's I thought exactly you were going to say the top of his head, but that was I thought that was weird. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, Corey Chess, <laughs> thank you very much. You guys can check him out on the Blazers broadcast. Um, really add a lot of insight that I, I wish other local broadcasts w- would create a position that's similar. I mean, this is sort of the, – the discourse around analytics is – is can get poisonous because we don't have someone that understands it translating it to us in proper language. So I appreciate you being a bit of an evangelist out there while you're talking about how cool Damian Lillard is. Like it's a, this is a good way to like soft launch analytics as sort of the you know the premise for more basketball conversations. So thanks for that. Thanks to Mo. Thanks to Seth. Thanks for you guys listening. I'm Dave DeFore, and this has been Nerder She Wrote on the Athletic NBA Show.